So I'm going to try to make this short and sweet, but it seldom works out that way. So, But I'll watch for nodding heads. Okay, so just bear with me. We have been talking for a number of weeks about a subject called the kingdom of God. Kingdom of heaven, they're synonymous, the same message. Did I lose sound there? Are we still good? Okay. Changes behind me here. So um, I'm going to do a little bit of review with you just to catch up. Maybe it'll be good for the people who haven't been here and for some of you who just have memories like mine. <laughs> That's funny. So I, I'm going to go back to our, one of the verses we began with was a, um, something that, that the Bible calls the Great Commission. I'm going to call it the Great Assignment. Is that okay? It just works better for me. And so I'm going to read to you from Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20, and I hope we'll have some overheads. Ah, hot dog. Thank you. Um, this reads this way, and I'm going to kind of just walk through it a little bit with you to kind of unpack it just a bit. This is Jesus describing what he has just won in his victory at the cross, and he says, all the authority of the universe has been given to me. And that covers a pretty good span of everything, doesn't it? So he tells his followers now what that means to them. He says, now, go in my authority and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then he clarifies that assignment uh, by being very specific about what we're to do in developing these new believers and people who are becoming Christians and followers of Jesus. And he says, and teach them to faithfully follow all that I have commanded you. And he closes with this promise. And I love this part because he just kind of nailed taxes on at the end. He says, oh, by the way, don't forget that I'm with you every day until I come for you. Isn't that good news? So he is with us somehow. Even though he has ascended, he says, I'm with you. We're going to talk about what that looks like, that Jesus is with us now. So let's look at what he said about our assignment. I'm going to talk about what did he say to us that we need to understand that applies to our lives as followers of Jesus. If you are a follower of Jesus and you've said, yeah, I think I want to do that, and you've committed some way to that that movement in your life, that's a good thing. This is for you. If you're not, this is a chance for you tonight to consider the becoming a follower of Jesus. It has a lot of benefits and things that are really good for us, N not just in eternity, but in this immediate life. Things begin to change when we involve God in our lives. Can, can anyone agree with me? So we're going to look at this assignment and see if it helps us to read. First of all, we're going to go through the fine print. Have you ever read something in, in glowing uh, report and then gone back and read the fine print and understood what it really meant? Well, what he really meant was in Matthew 10, verse 8. And he says this, You must continually bring healing to lepers and those who are sick, which is what we're practicing here in the evenings. We're going to pick up the pace on that. We're going to begin to see uh, and actually practice and have clinic in this meeting on what it means to pray for the sick. And in the weeks to come, I'm going to give you a model of what that looks like, something you can track on with some steps, things you can look at. We'll even have little cheat sheets you can put in your Bible to kind of help you with what do I need to do first if I'm praying for someone, and how do I move through this in a way where it would be effective. We're going to talk about what the ingredients of a good prayer, those kind of things, okay? Those will happen in this next coming month. So this is the fine print. You must continually bring healing to lepers and those who are sick. Make it your habit to break off the demonic presence from people. Do you, do you know demons are still around? They didn't go away just because 
the century changed. They just are disguised differently with different names. And oh, he says, oh, by the way, raise the dead back to life. Hadn't done that one yet, have you? Freely you have received the power of the kingdom, so freely release it to others. Now, isn't that interesting? Previously, he, in Matthew, he had said, he used the word authority, and here he uses the word power. Now, are those the same word? Do they, are just different words that define the same thing, or do they mean different things to us? Because if he's talking about authority and power, and these are things we need to understand to make this whole kingdom thing work, it'd be helpful for us to understand what that means. So let me go back and do just a quick word study for you. The word authority is exousia in the original language, and it means a delegated influence or right or strength of the magistrate to execute his will. So when the magistrate executes his will, it means he has the potential to do whatever he decides to do. It's, he has all the power to make that happen, but the power to make that happen is a separate word. Power, but now it means that do you, not only do you have the influence and the right and the strength, we also know how the means to enforce that authority. So we have this incredible authority, and we also have the power to bring it to pass. Um, for example, today, you'll appreciate this, Ed, if you were a police officer, for instance, it means you would have a badge and a gun. See, this badge represents authority that's backed by the magistrate. Whoever this peace officer is has all the authority of the law that's been established in the land. And should people not respect that authority, he has the ability then to enforce it. You get it? So it's two different things we're talking about. So Jesus is saying you, you, you need the authority and you need to understand there's power that goes with that. And let me just say this right now. Most of the church does not understand this, including myself. So we're going through a clinic and we're going to begin to develop this in our lives so we understand how this actually works in a practical way in our lives to bring about some things that are necessary for us. So, this badge for this police officer is a symbol of authority. This officer is fully authorized to carry out the law based on the mandate of authority in the law of the realm. And so, we're talking about the law of a realm. We're not talking about the natural now. We started off talking about the kingdom of God. Now, what was the kingdom of God did we study here a few weeks ago? That's not rhetorical. I'm asking, did anyone ever get that? What is the kingdom of God? It's the rule and reign of God. Wherever his will is being expressed and accomplished, that is the kingdom of God. It's not a territorial geographical thing, is it? With me? So this is all review, so I'll try not to. I'm moving a little quick, but I've got some place I'm trying to go. Um, men in military service have always understood the concept better about authority than most civilian people. That's because, in, for instance, in Matthew 8, the, there's a Roman officer who's speaking to Jesus, and Jesus is amazed that this man gets it. He's not even a believer, and yet he's got this concept of authority firmly established, and he recognizes authority on Jesus. There's something on him and in his life and the way he moves with people. He has great influence and strength, and he brings that to power, doesn't he? So this, this Roman officer says, Lord, who am I to have you come into my house? I understand your authority, for I too am a man who walks under authority, and I have over, uh, authority over soldiers who serve me. I can tell one to go, and he'll go, and I tell another to come, and he'll come. And they do that because he has authority in their lives. I order my servants, and they'll do whatever I ask. 
So I know that all you need to do is to stand here and command healing over my son, and he will be instantly healed. Now, that's an incredible insight for someone who has very little understanding of kingdom things. But here's a Roman soldier who understands that if Jesus, with this whatever this authority is that's on him, if he speaks it, wherever his son is, he'll be healed. Now, that's a, Jesus was amazed by that. I don't know if you are, but I am, because I don't have that kind of faith to believe that, but I'm working on it just like you are. So this Gentile wasn't the only one to understand that Jesus was no ordinary man. See, even Jesus' enemies understood that he had authority. The, it's recorded in Matthew 21, when he entered the temple, that the chief priest and the elders of the people came to him as he was teaching, and they demanded to know something from him. By what kind of authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority to exercise this power? So it was obvious to them he was moving in great authority and power. Why? Because they could see it. Things were happening in his life that were not natural. They were supernatural. And the things he was doing, they couldn't do. They were religious leaders. And they knew that this authority came from some supernatural source. So hold that authority, hold that thought a minute, that, that statement that says, the, uh, this authority to exercise this power. Because that's two different terms. I'm going to come back to that in just a moment. In John 5, 19, J Jesus laid this track, and he said this, I assure you, and I most solemnly say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself of his own accord. Unless it's something he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, the Son in His turn also does the same thing. So what is He saying? He says, I, I can do nothing in my own strength. I relegated myself to being a human being just like you, and I have no spiritual ability. Unless I see the Father showing me something He's doing, and in His showing, then that revelation, I've just been authorized to do the same thing. In that moment, I realize I can move in authority and power. Now, I, he took that thought about the way he functioned, and he said, now, for my people, how many people are here are his people? Okay? And you can be a wannabe. Okay, that's all right. So he's saying, and my people are going to operate the same way. And he said this, in Matthew 16. So I'm sorry I'm moving through these so quickly, but I'm trying to connect the dots for you. He says to his people, <coughs> that would be you, I will give you the keys of the kingdom, parentheses, authority, and whatever you bind. Now, let's understand this binding and, and loosing thing because it's been really abused, I think. But in the parentheses here in the Amplified, this is good context. It says bind means whatever you forbid. Whatever you declare to be improper and unlawful in the kingdom, you will have already, it's already would have been bound in heaven. And whatever you loose, that is permit and declare lawful on earth, will have already been loosed in heaven. So let's read this correctly. It's been misunderstood. It means that if you see the Father revealing something that's unlawful and he wants you to speak to it, you have the authority to do that. You have permission and you have power. 
So if there's something that disagrees with the way God's kingdom moves and he shows you that this is wrong, you can speak to that with power. You can actually begin to declare it unlawful and begin to come against it in the spirit and see it dismantled. Now, how would that apply in our lives? Over our finances, over our health, over our emotional state, we can begin to recognize things that are unlawful in God's kingdom. And I want you to recognize that we then have the power to come against that and declare something different. Anybody want to believe that with me? Okay, this is exactly true according to Scripture. As I've led you into this, we're in a good place. We just haven't practiced this well. And we're going to do that in the days to come. So, according to Jesus, I've been given the authority to speak to all things in heaven and on earth. And I either permit them or I forbid them. I want you to think about that for a minute. He said, that's been given into your hands. And whatever you know to be the Father's will, begin to declare that, either to permit or forbid. There's lots of stuff going on in our world that we'd love to forbid. Guess what? You don't only have permission, you have a commandment. He says, forbid that in the spirit and see that change. Does that change your thinking on prayer? It's changing mine. I'm wanting to believe again. Instead of doing these little quick prayers of just like, let me just get some closure on this and say we're good. Whatever we understand is instruction from the Lord is our authorization to do what we have seen. If he has shown you something, it's your invitation to join him in that and begin to either forbid or permit in this realm. As it is in heaven, so will it be on earth. Now, a wise man once said, authority comes in the commission, but power comes in the encounter. Now, let's, uh, let's unpack that because I, I really wrestle with this. I understand that to mean that authority comes in the assignment from Jesus. When he says, go do this, he's just delegated, giving you a badge to wear that says sheriff. And he's giving you the authority to go do what he just revealed to you. You with me? Now, we are authorized to act in his behalf and to use his name to forbid and permit things that need to be forbidden and permitted. We are his delegated authority on this earth. When Bill uses the word encounter, I, I envision two different things. So this is just what I prayed over and got. And you can chew on it if you want to and come make up whatever you want to make of it. But this is what I saw. This, this, um, this encounter is... is Two sides to the same coin. On one side of the coin, it says, encounter with the living God. On the other side of the coin, it says, encounter with mankind. These are two facets of the kingdom where there is authority and power. Power comes in both encounters. When I meet with God and there's an encounter with God, power comes to me and is for me. But when that power comes to me and is for me, then it is my duty, my obligation, my responsibility, my role to release that power into mankind and let that power move to them. It's not something we keep. Power in itself is dormant until it's released into the, from the kingdom into this natural realm. It's not for us to keep. It's meant for us to give away. 
For example, let me give you a, ver a verse here, Acts 4.13. The religious leaders were observing the lives of Jesus' followers. Of course, they were always following Jesus' followers around, trying to get them caught in some mistake so they could correct them and condemn them and judge them and all the things that religious people do. So here they are, and it says, Now when the men of the Sanhedrin, which is the Jewish high court, saw the confidence and the boldness of Peter and John and grasped the fact that they were uneducated, and untrained ordinary men, any untrained, uneducated ordinary people here? And we have some educated ones here, but we're all pretty much common, aren't we? He says, when they saw that these ordinary common men that were moving in this, in this power, in this authority, they were astounded, and they began to connect the dots. And they recognized one thing. They had been with Jesus. Now, to me, that, that's just levels of different meaning. Now, did you think they meant by, by they had been with Jesus, was it just they recognized their faces? They said, oh, yeah, I saw them together with Jesus once. Or do you think maybe they said, well, yeah, I think he lived in the same neighborhood. And here's probably people who were familiar with Jesus. I think they meant more than that, don't you? I think... You see, there was something about these men that linked them to the master. They operated in his authority. And, and it was recognized authority because they released power. And these men said, that looks just like the master. Wouldn't you love someone to say that about you? Wow, that looks just like Jesus. That sounded just like Jesus. You acted just like Jesus. And they recognized that they had been with Jesus. This is where we're going. This is where we're going. And but <laughs> I just want you to say to know one thing. In case you think it came naturally to these disciples, you haven't read their biographies. They were ordinary, common people. They're not they were not educated. They had no training and they had no spiritual understanding. They had been with Jesus for three years when much of this was spoken to them. And he was about to leave them. And, and I can't imagine his, his angst over that. <laughs> but he certainly trusted the Holy Spirit to us, didn't he? But for them, it started with a three-year period of moving in this environment of becoming effective disciples under his care and teaching. Now, remember, Jesus had already given them at this point, had given them authority. He said, here's, and he, and he said, this is my authority, and I'm giving this into your care. So he's saying that, that the authority, the, the, the resident power is dormant within you, and you have it. But here in Luke 24, he says another thing. Now listen carefully. Don't use that authority. First of all, he says, I am sending the promise of my Father, the Holy Spirit, upon you, and you are to remain in the city of Jerusalem until you are clothed and fully equipped with power from on high. So he says, now you have the authority, but one thing remains that you're lacking. And that is something you've operated under my covering as my people, but I want you to know that's no longer going to be effective in the same way. Now it's going to be incumbent on you. you. This is required of you to go and wait for your own encounter. You with me? So here we go. 
for his authority to be released in their lives, something else was needed, something that would come from only the Holy Spirit in a moment we call an encounter. Now we see that these disciples throughout their ministry had many encounters. It wasn't just the day of Pentecost. Uh, obviously when there was something that they were meant to go do, they needed to be filled up with the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit would come to them to fill them for what they needed to do. So far so good? So power is part of this encounter with God, but usually there's something we experience with Him besides power for ministry. I don't, Tom may remember this, some of the history in the vineyard, but I remember back in the spring of 94, and, and I can't remember how long ago we were, and we were like within the vineyard of like 18 years, but in the spring of 94, we began to hear a trickle of, of news. Something was happening in a place called Toronto. So that same spring, I, I, had, I had a church, and I had our own church, and we scraped together enough money for me to go. She didn't get to go, but I flew to Toronto because supposedly God was there. And let me tell you, I was a desperate pastor because I had exhausted all of what Bob can do, and there was nothing left. And if God didn't show up, I was pretty well done. So I, in desperation, I left and I took a handful of pastors with me from Aurora. We had a pastor's group there that prayed over each other. And there were various denominations, and some were charismatic, some were evangelical, and some were even, uh, I think we had a nominal Catholic or something, I don't remember. <laughs> the one guy who wouldn't take communion with us, I remember that. <laughs> anyway, so we, we flew to Toronto, and we arrived there, and this meeting had begun in January. Now, when I got there, it was April, and the meeting was still going on. Does that tell you anything? Something was percolating. And people from all over the world were flying there because it was a visitation from God. And I thought, maybe. <laughs> so I walked in with all my friends, and, and they had, on a Wednesday morning, they had a meeting just for pastors. And so we showed up with some expectation. There was Because the meetings the night before had been outrageous. But this meeting was just for pastors and it was for people who desperately needed to meet with God. We needed an encounter. And I had run out of them. So I remember I watching Randy Clark was there and John Arnott and they lined us all up for prayer. And I remember standing there <laughs> and immediately we began to worship and people began to drop like flies. I mean, not one or two, hundreds just began to fall on the ground. And while they laid there, they would roll over on their backs and cry out. And my friend that I took with me, this sweet little Presbyterian guy, <laughs> was laying on his back crying, Papa God, and just weeping. And he lay there for three hours. Just God ministering his heart to him. These guys' lives were changed forever. They were never the same, including myself. An incredible encounter with the Lord there. And it changed me, and, and it was something that was renewing, and it, and it gave me the power and the grace to go back into ministry and re-engage with, with authority. There was a picture of something there that God, he was for us and not against us. He loved us, and he wanted us to go do it again and keep doing it until it became effective. The problem was I had shown up there wanting power and success. And what God gave us was something else. 
Well, we included those things, but it was so much more than we anticipated. So many necessary things come to us in the encounter when we wait for the power. When you go and wait for the power, you are released with authority and power. But there's more. You also have the heart of the Father. And let me tell you, ministry without the heart is just religion. That's the truth. See, I see there's three keys to unlocking this kingdom realm. And this is not original with me, but I, I like to put it together like this. I believe that we need authority. I believe that we need to recognize the authority we have and believe it. I believe that we need power and not just for the sake of success. We need power because we love people and we are grieved by their condition. And something comes from within us that's the heart of the Father that reaches out and touches people and changes their lives, whether it be in finances or physical healing or relationships or whatever may be broken. I also believe there's a third component. It's the word faith. So authority and power and faith combined create an incredible dynamic. We've seen um, that encounters come in all forms, some with people, some with God. Both are kingdom moments. Both change lives. Uh, the one I, I read about that I enjoy the most reminds me of that Toronto visit. And it was one that Paul wrote about. And I love this translation. I'd never read it like this before. But Paul is writing about an encounter he had with this incredible God who came to him. And this is in 1 Timothy 1.13. And this describes, this is Paul describing a tender moment with God when his heart was just melting. And he says this, mercy kissed me. <laughs> Even though I used to be a blasphemer and a persecutor of believers and a scorner of what turned out to be true, I was ignorant and I didn't know what I was doing. Can we get an amen from anybody here? <laughs> and remembering that kiss, he continues with his story. He says, I was flooded with incredible grace, like a river overflowing its banks, until I was full of faith and love for Jesus, the anointed one. Now, having experienced this incredible embrace of God, he goes on to say, now, he says, I can testify. Now he has something to talk about. He has authority and power and a message and the love of God is in him. And I, he said, I can testify that the word is true. And it deserves to be received by all. For Jesus came into this world to bring sinners back to life. Even me, the worst of all. That could have been my own story. Well, let's read on because he's not done. This is where it gets really good. <laughs> and it closes with an incredible statement. Yet I was captured by grace so that Jesus could display through me the outpouring of his spirit as a pattern to be seen for all those who would believe in him for eternal life. He says, I was captured by grace so that Jesus could shine through me and all people would see him and love him. And I would represent him. I would radiate who he is and the world would come to him not to religion or to Bob's programs. 
In a few weeks, I'm going to talk about the second half of the encounter. This is talking about the encounter with God that fills us to full, that brings something that's noteworthy, that changes people's lives. We have something to share that's real and powerful. But in a couple of weeks, whenever Paula has me scheduled again, I'm going to talk about this second encounter, the encounter with mankind and how we can engage them from this place and how we can do it in a gracious way that's not religious and phony or obnoxious. I'm so sick of Facebook and people hurting each other. So I'm going to pray this prayer over you tonight. And I want you to, if you want to, you can receive it. I really believe it's the word of the Lord to you. And it's a declaration that I can make over you. If you want to open your hearts, it's scripture. And I believe it's for us and for now. You with me? So if you are, just close your eyes. I'm going to pray this over you. Just open your heart to these words and receive what God has for you that's a seed to begin this thing that he wants you to nurture. So here we are. I said, Father, in heaven you have declared that these words are ours. And so I declare them with words that ratify and release in power what is already written on our hearts. We have been captured by your grace. And it was for a purpose. It was so that Jesus Christ could display through us the outpouring of his spirit. And I declare that this outpouring of your spirit through us was meant to be a pattern to be seen, to be observed and marveled at by all those who would believe Jesus for eternal life. Thank you, God, for your words of life. We embrace them. We receive them. Thank you for your love through Jesus, our Savior and friend. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Thank you for being here tonight. God bless you guys. <clears throat>